welcome to And It's Writing, a tipsy writing podcast for one of our mini episodes. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 730 Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check out our website at anditswriting.com. That's one word, no spaces. I'm Avery Ames, writer of adult fantasy. And I'm DC McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer. So grab a drink, pop in your earbuds, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, so today we're going to talk about the phrase, kill your darlings, and what it means to us, and how we've had to do it. Uh. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people think of it as like characters or something because they think of like darling characters, which is one of the ways you can kill a darling is having to get rid of a character. Yeah. But I think it more just broadly means to me the things that you love about the story may not actually be helping the whole story. Yep. And looking at like the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish with that story. And maybe you have like a subplot or something that you think is really fun, but isn't actually doing anything. Yep. Yep. Uh, and also there's the kill your darlings part where you've got those, I had to do some of this and I just hate it. And uh, it's when you have like a really good sentence mm. and it's like, not just good head you know like you're not just thinking oh this is good and actually it's crap no like it's an actual good paragraph or a good sentence and like it's just not necessary mm-hmm. and you have to like cut it or you have to cut the scene that the sentence is in yes and, and like, it sucks oh. and you're like well but the, the, the sentence was in that scene damn it that one was pretty it was it, like it sucks ass you're like i wanted everyone to see my greatness and now i have to take it out <laughs> That sucks. Super sucks. Yeah. The big picture kill your darling stuff, though. I think we should probably focus on that. Yeah. Because that's where (laughs) I think, you know, the sentence thing is it sucks and it's hard, but I don't think it's quite as difficult as the big picture stuff because some of the big picture stuff can be like real brutal edits. It sure can. That's when, like I said, that's when you're cutting like an entire character arc. Yep. Because you're like, this is distracting from the main story rather than contributing to it. And I guess part of the discussion is how to figure out which darlings to kill. Yeah. And for me, that's usually the ones other people have told me. (laughs) Yep. So I have a recent experience with this that I thought was very helpful in my journey of learning how to do this. Mm -hmm. I took a pitch to the New York City Pitch Conference, the live one. The big one, the Algonquin one. And I ended up being kind of a star in my group in that nearly every agent who came in or every person, every publisher or editor that came in was like, oh my God, that's so good. What the fuck? That pitch is amazing. Like, and I was like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> but then I had to like reality check myself when I got home. Uh, and I was like, okay, like I just had all these requests <laughs> from these like really cool people. But I was also told that I have to remove 30,000 words if I'm going to be taken seriously. And like, can't remove 30,000 words from this book. Like, there's no fucking way. Uh, and then I like sat back, for, I went on vacation for a week and I came back to my stores. And what I ended up doing, I was like, okay, everybody at this pitch conference loved my query, loved my pitch. They loved what I had to say about my book. Why? 
And what ended up happening was I looked at my pitch and I said, okay, these are really good bones. There's a lot of my story that's not here. And it was like this weird eye-opening sort of experience about how much more was in my books than what was in this pitch. And I'm like, you know, if they found out about all this other stuff, they might not have liked the pitch as much. And if this is the heart of my book and I want these people to accept it when I fulfill their request and send it to them, you know, if I want them to make me offers, what do I do to make it as much like this pitch as possible? Because everybody loved that pitch. So that's what I did. I went in and I, 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 I had to tear out, oh, that there was a whole character that got removed. There is a whole plot, a subplot that got removed. There was tons of stuff that just got yanked. There was a disorder that got removed. There was tons of shit that just got like just torn and weeded from the book. And as I was doing it, I was like, this is going to be nothing. It's not going to leave anything. It's not going to leave the bare bones of my book. It's not going to be enough because I'm tearing everything out of it. And then when I did that and then I looked at my pitch, I was like, this is it. This is the book that I brought. This is the one that I pitched at New York. And it felt really good. Like, even though I had torn out all those darlings, I finally had what I had pitched and what everybody loved. And I didn't have to worry about that anymore. I was like, wow. I took all the shit that wasn't this pitch out and my book is my book. Now it's missing a lot of things, but that's all right. I wrote them once that felt good. Yeah. And that is, that is another way to find the darlings that need to be killed is to write your pitch, write your query, write your synopsis. I know the one page synopsis sucks, but do it. And this, because when you're naturally, when you're writing the one to two page synopsis, you have to figure out, what subplots not to write in, what characters don't get written into the synopsis, what the what the bare bones are, like what you said. And you'll mm-hmm. figure out those bones and you'll f- you look at that and go, what what parts didn't make it into the synopsis that are still supporting those bones and leave those in. Mm-hmm. And if they're yep. not in in service yep. to that basic structure, that skeleton and that hook and themes, then you got to take a hard look and go, do I do, does this need to be in the story? Yep. And I ain't gonna lie, it's super fucking hard mm-hmm. to like rip that stuff out. Like it is hard. Like I had something in my book that I was very proud of. It was like this, it was like this really cool disorder that my people were getting in the building that they were working at. And, and it ended up taking it out just because it, it was adding a negative light to what they were doing that I didn't like. And I ended up tearing it out. I was like, I, I want this to be optimistic. I tear it out. And like, it is so hard to be self-critical and like, be like, realistically, what do I need to take out? Like from my perspective, because you love it and you wrote it there because you thought that it belonged there. Like, of course, duh. Like, but also being critical is really important to the structure and process of your book. It's hard. Well, and one of the things that came up when I was doing this last rewrite round of revisions on my most recent book was one of the things that I had written in was it's kind of, you know, a romantic fantasy. And there was a lot of like kind of steaminess in it in there. And I basically had readers be like, it's too much. And it was part of a subplot that readers were like, it just didn't, it never came together for me. And I had to like completely rip that entire subplot out and put something different in its place that actually served the rest of the book better and 
it sucked because I really liked that part, <laughs> but it was not connecting with other people. And, yeah. you, you know, you just got to look at like what other people are going to respond to sometimes, which sucks because you wrote the book that you loved and it doesn't always yeah. click the way you think it's going to. <laughs> Yeah, and th that's especially if you are trying to query and traditionally publish and all of that, because that's when like marketing factors and you know and mm -hmm. other people's responses become a little more relevant. Whereas if you're writing for yourself, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just write for yourself, <laughs> right? And and you know this kind of goes back to it. That's why you know when we found an episode before where we're like. You know, before you start killing darlings, write the whole book first. Yes. Let yourself write the book you want to write. Um, and that's because when you get to the kill your darlings part where you want to make the book publishable by self-publishing or traditional, you have to pull things out that you've already written. Uh, but at least you have those for you. Yeah. You know, like you need to write the book that you want to write. We have a mutual friend who is just constantly worried about producing work that is going to be publishable. Instead of writing what she wants to write. Yeah. Because she never writes anything. Yeah. Because she's not enjoying it. You have to write what you want to write first and then do the killing. Yes. Right. That way you still always have those documents. Like I removed all this from this, from my book, but like, it's still there for me. I still wrote it. You know, I still had that experience and that's why we're writers. Yeah. You know, we want to have those experience. We want to experiences. We want to put them on the page and write them and get them out. But once that's done, we have to make bigger decisions. But always keep the old documents because those ones are yours. Yeah, yeah. you d you definitely need to write all of the darlings first, and then yeah. then you got to get a little brutal. But first, write them. <laughs> write those darlings because, like you said, if you're always worried about which ones are going to make it in and which ones are are not, you know, serving the, the, all that stuff that we talked about. If you're worried about that while you're drafting. Like you said, it's not going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be fun. You're not going to like it. And you probably will end up with a draft that is not as workable as the one that has all the crap in it that you've got to later just get rid of. Exactly. You need all this stuff there and then you can just kind of pare down. Exactly. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think if there are any other examples of darlings that like the type of darlings that you might have to get rid of. Um ah. <laughs> um okay i can think of one <laughs> and then i think of this because i see a lot of people do it when i read their books what they'll do is they'll write um multiple chapters that take place in the same setting with the same stuff going on for instance like uh, a dinner in the dining room or a dance in the ballroom or sneaking meeting in the same coffee shop <laughs> yes and okay you can still have people you know chapters taking place in the same scene but if i were you what i would do is look at those scenes and say do these really have to be different scenes <laughs> because i can guarantee like nine times out of ten like you can take bits from that scene and put them either in the other scene or put them like somewhere else yeah. in the book because the thing about a setting like that and in a situation i see a lot of these with um and i'm not just saying for you or for <laughs> our other mutual friend because i actually see many people do this the, the romantic scenes between their characters in either ballrooms or restaurants or like in each other's houses like um people who have like just started romancing they're either dancing or they're eating or they're uh you know and I understand why it's there, but like, 
really consider uh, not <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> but like you said, like like you can kind of keep all the stuff in there and just combine, keep the important parts in, yeah. and be like, if there's yeah. two important bits of information that are being shared at two different dinners in like chapter eight and chapter eleven, do they have to be in two different dinners or? can they be exactly. put together and so yeah. you're not in that case you are cutting some stuff and killing a darling but you're keeping the parts that are important yes yeah generally you get like you end up with like four thousand less words and like the information is more <laughs> easy to read because you've done this like you've you've cut the, the second yeah. scene it's like congratulations you've done it's it streamlined. that's the easiest kind of darling to kill honestly because that's like the one that like reduces your word count and does all this really great stuff that you don't know why you wrote it in, but you did. <laughs> well, and sometimes it's, it's, especially if you are a discovery writer, a pantser, um, mm -hmm. you're learning yeah. these things as you go. And you're like, oh, there's more information. Uh, time for them to have dinner again. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one is combining the scenes that are in different places or the same places, but different scenes. Mine are usually extraneous characters. I have a bad habit of putting extraneous characters, like really small, minor, the kind that are not just like the real minor, like world building mm. setting, but they're not important enough to be like throughout the book. I have been having to making too many of those and having to mash some of those together, which we have an episode about combining characters. Yep. And I tend to. That's a fun darling to kill yeah. when you have to combine characters, yeah. in my opinion. It is kind of fun to like figure out. You know, I had to do this recently and I had to figure out like kind of which personality they got because it was like, okay, well, this person did X, Y, and Z minor plot things. This person did ABC minor plot things. One person could do all of these, mm -hmm. but which personality best suits both of these and how do I like make all this work? I think on a scene level, really analyzing why each scene is in your book and what it is doing for the book. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the main plot, but it has to be doing something for the book as a whole. I had to cut a scene once that was just like banter. It was literally just like a scene <laughs> of banter and it was fun, but it didn't do anything. And I could have like woven that in with another scene that had important plot information, but I was like, it's just, it was just easier to cut it. It, it yeah. didn't do anything for the book. And it, it sucked because I was like, it's it's fun for me. It was very kind of a fanficy, snarky scene, but just nothing was happening. <laughs> so I had to get rid of it. And that sucked. So yeah, like I said, on a kind of a scene by scene basis, um, one of the things I do is I write the reverse outline after my first draft. So it's kind of like a mini synopsis after you've written the book. And that's when you can look at your scenes and go, which of these scenes don't do anything? <laughs> Yeah, I think those are all the ones I've really killed. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the end of my thoughts as well. Yes, so we know it sucks. We know it hurts. Say goodbye to your darlings. Off with their heads. <laughs> <laughs> I also, th I also think uh, Stephen King's book on writing has a lot of this in there. So if that's something you want to like learn more about, I would suggest reading it. Okay. Uh, on writing uh, it's a good way to work out some of those feelings <laughs> i actually think he's the did he coin kill your darlings i know he uses the phrase in the book but i don't remember if it existed before him or not i'm not sure me either i'm not old enough i don't know either 
<laughs> I have no idea. But either way, take a look at them, murder them ruthlessly murder. or with regret, but your story will be better for it. Mm -hmm.